This is the Beautiful Feet Podcast. A partnership with BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com. Follow us on social media at Beautiful Feet Entertainment and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Beautiful Feet Podcast. My name is Anthony. And I'm Jessica. And this week, um, we're going to get deep into some some really personal stuff about us and about our marriage. Before we jump into that, um, I do want to give you guys a recap. That uh, So we've been kind of praying over this new position that I am, am up for at work. I did have my interview um, just a few days ago. And I should be hearing by next week on whether I have it or not. So keep praying for that. Um, but other than that, is there anything else we need to kind of talk about before we jump into the big topic? No, I feel like that's just really the thing that's on our hearts right now is um, just how this promotion is going to play out. Yes. And um, I did want to point out one more thing. We're just about halfway to our goal. Uh, for June, we wanted to get 500 listens. We're at, last I checked, it was like 250, 254-ish. So we're about halfway. We're almost there, guys. Let's keep it up. Keep sharing this. And uh, let's get it out there. But And we uh, we want to have 50 listeners by June. And I think we're at 18 right now. So It kind of fluctuates between 18 and 20. Uh, so that's kind of nice. But, Jessica... What is our topic for this week? So our topic for this week, we're going to be talking about depression. And I know that doesn't seem like the most uplifting thing to talk about, but just hang with us here. (laughs) Yes. So for those who don't know, Jessica and I, we've been married almost a year. Um, And this year has been up, down, and all around when it came to depression happiness, mental health, we've been all over the map. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like it's really been a roller coaster. Oh my gosh, so crazy. So let's let let's go into our lowest of lows. And as I said that, her <laughs> eyes I, my face opened. just lit up like, okay. Oh my gosh. She's like, "Really?" So, our lowest of lows from not again, I don't we're not going to go through our entire lives, but let's just focus on the year. Our lowest. What what was going on? Oh, it was definitely last summer. We had a lot going on. Um, I had two months where I was literally unemployed. Yes. That was rough. Um, so that brought financial difficulties and, and we dealt with Again, finding out that someone that we love and care about and is close to us has cancer. Yeah. It, we just had a lot going on. Oh my gosh, it was so much. Now, where were you at mentally? I know where you were physically. Um, what was going on in that lowest time? Kind of let's walk through that a little bit. Um, Mentally, I... I felt very empty. I felt like I really, I didn't have a sense of purpose or a direction in my life. And I felt very guilty over the fact that I had walked away from um, employment. But I knew 
that I had to do what was best for my family and for me it was not to be in that particular position anymore. Yeah. So, a little bit of backstory. You did, you know, before we got married, she did land a full-time job. <coughs> and this job, it really just ran you ragged. I would get up in the morning, <coughs> I would go to work, I would come home, I would have dinner. Basically, as soon as, like, dinner was over, I was crawling into bed at, like, 6.30 or 7 o'clock at night and sleeping all the way until about 6 in the morning to so, get up and then go to work and, and that do was, it all over And that again. was the beginning, right? That was the beginning of that downward spiral. Yes. Um, that was our first summer of marriage. Um, now, this job, like, we're not going to throw it out there, um, but this job, like, it started to make her really sick, like physically. She would be at work, and I know because we both worked in the same place, but like she started to be at work and be physically ill at work. And then we, I would take her home early um, and she would be fine. It was, the, it, it was that anxiety of work, of the tasks that you were expected to perform, the things that you were expected to do, or the, the level that you were expected to perform at. Would that be accurate? And, like, we can joke about it now, but I would tell him I would feel like it, like the workplace, because, you know, it's kind of a cube farm. It was like a, a dark gray, like, I honestly kind of felt like I was in a prison there. Like, I had no, no way to be creative. I yeah. kind of literally felt like a robot. Like, my soul was just so famished, and I was miserable. Yeah. And then... You you went from that job, so you quit that, which kind of desecrated you know our financial situation. But it was it was for the best, um, because through that we were able to watch God provide for our household, which is amazing. Um, but you kind of bounced around from job to job. I did having a hard time kind of getting your footing. How did that imprint on this this summer? Well, like. Toward the end of the summer, I got really excited because I got hired on at a different company, but they told me, hey, we can only give you eight to ten hours a week, and I was like, you know, it's better than being unemployed, and there were some weeks where they just didn't have hours for me, so I wouldn't work at all. I think when we were doing our taxes, I, I made like, what, $300 Yeah. from the yeah. three months I was there? Well, not only that, they would call her into work. Now, she had to take the bus to get to this job because she did not have a car. And it took me about an hour. It took hour. about an hour to get there. And they would call her in. Hey, can you come in? Somebody, you know, isn't showing up. She would get there. And when you walk in the door, they would, oh, we don't need you. Go home, basically. And it was like, what? It was poorly managed. It was just whatever. But we don't want to just dwell there. So we were in this pit. Uh, and I'll never forget, there was one incident where you, you were kind of asked, we, we were having a conversation before I was heading to work. And, or at least we were trying to. I think mentally you weren't fully there. Um, and you said, oh, I might see if my mom can come over for a little bit today. And I might, you know, go to her house later or whatever. Like, and I just simply asked one simple question, like, are you going to be here when I get back? And you have this blank stare in your face, and you're like, you know what, I, I don't know. It was at that point that I was probably the most scared for not only you, 
and your like fit your mental health but us you know what i'm saying like our marriage i was like if anything is vaki like it is at that point at that moment i was very emotionally fragile and i i fortunately had like some good friends who that i could talk to um i had a friend of mine who like she now has a wonderful full-time job but at that point in time she also was not working so we spent a lot of time just kind of keeping each other company and Mm -hmm. and having that encouragement of like hey i know it kind of sucks right now but it will get better like keep hanging on (laughs) but do you remember that moment like there were times where you were like i know we just got married but i want out yeah, there was, there was definitely, I feel like there was at least five or six times, again, keep in mind, we haven't even been married a year yet. In some cases, we'd only been married a couple of months where I was like, okay, like, I'm done. Yeah, and that, for me, that, that was, that was gut-wrenching because you and I have been talking to each other about being married at that point, two and a half years? Like, we knew within three months of when we started dating that we wanted to get married. Yeah, so for us to finally be into that stage, and you're like, where's the back door I want out? I was like, and I'll never forget, like, I don't know what you were doing during the day, because I would be at work. But I would go to work, and I'm like, I gotta focus on work, but I was having trouble some days. But at night, when you would go to bed, because again... You would basically eat dinner, go to bed. There would be very little time for us to hang out because you're like, I don't care. I'm going to bed. I would sit up and I would pray and I'm like, okay, God, like, I don't know what's going on here. I'm not going to pretend to know what's going on, but help us, you know, be with us. Now, let's let's transition from depression to victory over depression. Let's let's move into that trajectory. How did this happen? Because looking back now, we can see that the enemy really was just literally trying to attack our very tiny marriage and tear us apart. And and the reason that is, and I'm seeing it now, right? Because I'm I'm working a full-time job, uh, working on getting a promotion on said full-time job. I'm also doing ministry, which is pretty much almost full-time, even though it's not a paid position. I'm doing ministry stuff three, four days a week. Like, I'm doing a lot of that. You are working 15 hours a week at a job you love. You're also doing ministry uh, of your own variety with friends, with family, and through the church. God intended our marriage to blossom in this way, where we're we're impacting people for, for God's glory. So... When, when early on, when the enemy was breaking our marriage down, like, now I see why. Because we're making an impact simply by you and I working together in this way. What, 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 are, what are you seeing in this whole thing? Well, I honestly feel like, again, Anthony and I, we talked a lot about what we are going to talk about today. Kind of when we were in the car today, so we... We went over things that we felt comfortable discussing. And where I really had a breakthrough was we had to decide that, like, those we all have moments in our past that we really don't want to revisit. But sometimes, you know, like, you get stuck there. The mind kind of brings them back. 
So we call that the dark place. And then those good memories, those things within our marriage and within our life that we really want to hold on to, we call that the lighthouse. Yeah. So understanding that concept is going to help you understand the trajectory from being like in that literal pit of despair to like Anthony was saying now we do have a victorious story to tell you yeah so let's talk about the 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 darkness or the dark place it is that place of like this is my past these are the things that haunt me this is the bad relationships that we've you've been in or we've been in um these are things from my past that I need to let go of, but some reason to stick around. Would that be an accurate? Yeah, definitely. Um, sorry, I'm just trying to like think of how to say it so that it makes sense. Um, for me, like as far as career wise went, like before I got married, I was in a very good place in my career. I was making a good amount of money per hour. And then, again, before we got married, I transitioned to full-time at a different company. It wasn't as much per hour, but, like, I felt like I was bringing in quite a a good chunk for me. And then to go from that to literally nothing and then, yeah, like, the bare minimum. I, I had felt bitter about it because in my mind and in my heart, I was like, well, if we hadn't gotten married... I could still be in my old job. But the thing, like, God is all about restoring the things that he wants us to have in our lives. And I've been able to get back into a job that I really, 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 really love. And It's it really took, close to what you were doing before we got married. It is very similar to that. So I'm very grateful for that. Um, as far as, like, previous relationship goes... I was in a relationship before I, um, like before Anthony and I reconnected, that was not the best for me. And the person that I was with, like, we call him my ex, the jerk, for a reason. So, like, that's his title. <laughs> she, she, my ex, the jerk. Like, that goes together. Um, And he just said a lot of things to me during the course of our relationship, which again, like I know that they're not true. So I have to fill my headspace with things that I know are true. Yeah, and that's what we now are are creating called the lighthouse. So the lighthouse is when those dark thoughts start to creep in, these are the things that fill our lighthouse, right? So it would be like... um, our first date, our first kiss, um, you know, it'll be those type of memories or it'll be, you know, things that I would say to you to counteract something that had been done to you in the past or said to you in the past. And I am such a nerd, like when Anthony went on our quote unquote first date, we were at a bookstore, so I purchased a book again because I was like, hey, this looks cool, I'm going to buy it. And on the inside, like, I wrote the date, and I just kept writing the date of, like, this is when our first kiss was. Like, this is when we went bowling together. Just all these little things. And, you know, that way I literally can look back and be like, hey, yeah. This is- Absolutely. And and so, from my perspective, um, you know, 
I'm, I'm trying to be the man that God has called me to be uh, within marriage. I'm trying to, you know, provide for my family and be able to support my wife and uplift her and her darkest time. But I was almost walking a thin wire myself because I'm like, I have to stay strong so that she has someone to lean on, but I just want to crack. And that was really straining for me, but here's what God is showing me through this is like, when the enemy wants you to crack, I need to lean on God. And if you're in a place where, like currently, right now, you are feeling depression, like please, please, please hear our hearts on this. Like, the enemy wants you to feel like you're alone and, like, you don't have anyone. You might feel worthless. You might feel... There's so many different, like, you can fill in the blank. But a part of being a part of the family of Christ, of being a part of the church, of being a part of believers, of also, like, you may have, hey, here's my core group, my family, my friends. Like, God has designed and created us to be in community with one another so that you can know, okay, you're not alone. Like, that's just a lie that the enemy wants you to believe. Absolutely. And when when you rely on uh, other faith-based Christians who, who know God's word, and you come to them and you're like, hey, I'm honestly struggling with... Uh, um, you know, depression, anxiety, maybe even the beginning stages of an addiction. Like, they will pray for you. They will support you. I mean, and we've seen this. We we can testify to this. That was going to be my next point is find people that you know that you feel comfortable confiding in who are willing to pray for you on a regular basis. And then yes. you will also be willing to do the same for them too because that is, like, having my core group is really what has taken me from a life that felt meaningless to like I have such a sense of purpose now. And when we first got married, like you would come to church, you know, we'd go to church together. You would enjoy the message, but not long after the message, you're like, I want to leave. Mm-hmm. Let's go. I'm ready to go home. Uh, and you didn't even like, so like for us, church starts at 8.30 in the morning. I like to get there about 8.15 to kind of give me time to say hi to a few people, get my seat get comfortable you would even get mad about oh why do we have to be here at 8 15 i just wanted you, to come in you like, wanted to show up at right 8 25 dot, you know 30 leave right when it ended and disappear now we show up to church 8 15 we say hi to people and you should see she says hi to more people than i do and she's an introvert it's hilarious but and then we stay for every service, and you're not like, hurry up, let's go home. You're like, I can talk to someone over here, and I can meet with them, and I can do this, and I can help. Well, I'm also involved in ministry in my own way as well. Yeah. It's just much more behind the scenes. Absolutely. But what I'm saying is, like, because God has allowed you to build this lighthouse, this mental area where you feel safe and, and you feel supported, um, he's growing you into an area of ministry of your own whereas before you were like nope i'm out walking out the door and over the summer like i honestly felt like i didn't have a lot of friends but now there's a family that lives just a mile up the street from us and they've been really 
influential and just helping us out and just being in that community here and then I met one of my best friends again like as I was coming out of that period of depression and like she and I talk all the time mm-hmm. like all the time <laughs> and, and again from my standpoint because I'm seeing you blossom I now uh, feel like I have the freedom to move into my own area of ministry to where I don't feel like I'm neglecting you and we're actually what ends up we work together um, more often than we don't you know than we were before and it allows us to bond in a whole different way it's it's fantastic to see and we know that God promises us that he is close to the brokenhearted yeah so if you're going through that time we just want to always talk about the hope that can be found in Jesus Christ like that's why we're doing what we're doing with this podcast absolutely if you have any areas that you need to speak to or speak to us about or share something, please get a hold of us. Um, you can contact us at uh, beautifulfeetentertainment.com. You can contact us at beautifulfeetentertainment on Instagram and Twitter. Honestly, you can find us through the podcast. Um, just contact us. If not us, contact somebody. Um, but do not do this by yourself. Don't let the enemy isolate you. Find a group of people who, who will pray for you, who will walk with you, so that you can also walk in victory. Keep just bringing those negative thoughts and having all of your thoughts be in captivity with Christ. And just, when you have thoughts, evaluate it. Like, okay, is this really true? Is this what the Bible says is true about me? Mm-hmm. Is this something I should really be spending my time and energy focused on? Absolutely. Um, is there anything else we wanted to mention before we go ahead and take a break? Again, just know that we are so appreciative of having you here and being part of our of our digital family, I guess you could say. Um, and I know depression, like, it's a very difficult topic for most people to grapple with. But, again, we just wanted to be 100% transparent with you and vulnerable with you to let you know that we do care about you. And just please, 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 like, reach out to us. Reach out to other people. Remember that you're not alone. Absolutely. So we're going to go ahead and take a uh, quick break. We're going to be right back with Acts chapter 12. So we'll be right back. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Beautiful Feet podcast. This is the section of the podcast where we go over scripture and just kind of share our views on it. First, we're going to talk about um, Acts chapter 12. Uh, remember, this is not a substitution for the Bible. I hope that you're get, getting into your Bible with us and going along with us. Um, but let's talk about Acts chapter 12. What's the first thing that we notice in Acts chapter 12? Well, uh, one of the key figures or main players of this chapter is going to be King Herod. And what do we know about King Herod? We know that King Herod is not fond of the early church, going so far as to single out individuals and put them to death. Yeah, simply because of their proclaiming Jesus as Lord and, and preaching to the people. Um, he did, Do you think Herod at any point in time saw himself as a god or um, a godlike human? Well, in the end of the chapter, it does kind of address that. There's this verse where the people, in regards to Herod, are saying, Oh, 
because he's made this proclamation that his voice is like that of a god and not of a man. Yeah. Um, so, like, he, he may not regard himself as a deity, but it's clear that the people are getting provision from his kingdom. Well, and a lot of people who were gods, well, not gods, sorry, who were kings often saw themselves as someone close to God or God-like. So, like, in this time, if they were a king or a ruler, if they did not believe that they themselves were a god, they felt that it was God's authority and by his will that they were ruling. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, what what Herod starts to do, because these men and women are preaching the gospel about Jesus, um, they, he starts to put to death Christians. Um, it says that, uh, verse 2 says that he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. Uh, verse 3 says when he saw that it, was, it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter. This was during the days of unleavened bread. Now, what, what can you tell us about unleavened bread, like this festival? So this festival, the fest, the feast of un, un, sorry, this festival, the feast of unleavened bread or Passover, is a celebration of the Israelites being freed from Egyptian rule and being able to have Moses take them out and. Um, they travel in the wilderness. They eventually get to the promised land. Like Passover, um, if you will remember back in the Old Testament, the the Jewish people were they were enslaved by the Egyptians, and they called out to God, and God heard their cries. And because of that, they had to leave Egypt very quickly, mm-hmm. so quickly that their bread would not have been. Like, they were instructed to make bread that would not have needed the time it would take to rise. So, that's why it's unleavened. So, they eat, um, it's called matzah. It's a very flat bread. But anyway, I don't want to get too into it. But during this time of their, of the Jewish calendar, this is the festival that they're celebrating. Yeah. Um, and there's another tradition of, like, in the middle of this festival, no one was allowed to be put to death. So, Peter, uh, at this time, he's in prison. He's probably fearing for his life because he knows at some point in time he could be and probably will be put to death. Um, so, he's, pro- he's praying for his life. All of the other disciples and, and are praying for him to be free from prison. So, then we jump into verse... Uh, let me go ahead and check that. It was verse verse 7. It says, And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him. This is uh, Peter. So he stood next to Peter. And the light shone in his cell. So he struck Peter on the side and woke him up, saying, Get up quickly. The chains fell off his hands. And this is verse 9. And the angel said to him, Dress yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. So essentially what we had was we had Peter. Next to Peter was uh, chained along with him with two guards. 
Were there anyone else guarding him at this time? So in Peter's cell, as Anthony was mentioning, there's going to be a guard chained to either side of him. But then in addition, it says that there are four like squads or groups of guards with four people each, which means there's 16 additional guards between Peter and the outside of this prison. Yeah. So this guy is in like a heavy-duty cell. An angel of the Lord gets in because he's an angel. He just appeared there. Um, basically wakes Peter up and says, hey, let's go. The, and the chains fell off of his hands. He was no longer bound by these chains. And they start to leave, right? And where do they go next? Do you remember what happens after that? Um, They go through, I do believe it's two different um, gates. And then once they're out into the city more, they actually, like Peter makes his way to the house of the believers who are praying for him. Mm-hmm. And he's knocking on the door. Uh, who answers that door? Let's go ahead and take a look. It says Rada. R-H-O-D-A. So she came, she answers the door, and she's amazed at what she's seeing. Because these guys are praying for Peter. Uh, we don't know exactly if they were praying for freedom, if they were praying for endurance and patience. Like, we don't really know their exact prayers. So Peter doesn't even come into the house with her at that point she gets so excited she runs back to them and is like oh peter is and this here. is like the outside gate this is not the front door she runs she leaves him behind uh and i imagine again there are people looking for peter so this was kind of a dangerous move like you you should invite him in but he gets freed he goes to meet up with these people they find out that he's free and they're just shocked they're in awe because of what God has done. They agree that God has freed Peter to continue to preach the gospel. Um, now, what does this mean for us? In today's world, in 2020, what does this mean? Well, Anthony and I were talking about the fact that it's kind of funny that you know that you have these believers who are praying for Peter you know, to, to be okay, and he literally shows up, and then they don't believe that he's actually there. Yeah. And again, I use a version of the Bible that is meant for kids, and my version of the Bible was talking in a little footnote about how we can pray for things, and sometimes God will answer our prayer, but it seems a little bit too good to be true. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and the great thing about it is like that while they were questioning, you know, how did this happen? This at no point in time does it shake their faith, but it actually re reinforces it. And it kind of just makes me think of like, what are the chains in our lives um, that when they're broken, that reinforces our life, you know, our faith? Well, and Herod also, the person who had persecuted Peter and put him in prison. Wow, that, that was a lot to say. Um, he, actually, <laughs> he actually ends up passing away. Um, but thinking about chains in our own lives, the things that hold us back, the things that keep us 
from really being where we should be. I feel like this ties in really well with the previous part of the podcast about how we sometimes have these thoughts about ourselves that are not true. That like we can be our own worst enemy as far as holding ourselves back. Absolutely. And I think for me personally, like I used to fill my mind with the worst thoughts of myself before I thought of the best ones, right? Like I would look at my worst qualities before I looked at the best ones. um, And I would just reiterate those to myself. And then sometimes, you know, we are in environments where there are toxic people in our lives, whether it's friends or family members or maybe a coworker. But, like, there are people in our lives that we have to contend with, and they are also going to be trying to fill us with thoughts about ourselves that are not true. And I love this, the fact that in this scripture we see um, that when we pray for our friends, our family, ourselves, God will answer those prayers, but sometimes he answers them in ways that we didn't expect. All of these people were praying for Peter, and they did not expect that God would open up, literally open up the chains and open up the gate and allow Peter to walk out. Peter didn't even understand it. He was kind of in shock and awe, and he was really just reacting, like, okay, the gate's open, I'm free, I'm walking out. It wasn't until a little later that he was like, wait a minute, God did something miraculous. Like scripture even says that Peter, he himself, felt that he was having a vision. And then it's like a realization hit him of like, no, the angel of the Lord was here with me. Yeah, this really happened. Uh, And I think back into our lives, like I said, we were speaking earlier about our marriage and and the summer of, of, you know, the summer of chaos, essentially. Um... How now we can look at it and go, okay, God was at work through the whole thing. When you're in the middle of it, you're not seeing the bigger picture, so you're not seeing God work. But now we're able to look at it and go, wow, I saw how God was working and getting the and, you know, moving us into a career, into moving us into ministry and so many different things. And Peter's able to do that same thing. I was able to see God how he opened up the gates because we always want to a have an appreciation for the word of god but also b think about how is this scripture applicable to our lives today because that is what the word has been given to us for is so that it can be a guidebook and so that it can teach us and instruct us and rebuke us and just keep us on that that path that yeah god has set us on Absolutely, and I think it's very important for us to reflect on where God um, has brought us from. Because uh, when we're able to do that, we're then able to give credit to, you know what, I couldn't have done this on my own. God was able to do that, you know. And God wants us to rejoice in all things and also to pray about everything. Absolutely. Like, there may be things where you're like, well, I don't know, this seems kind of small. Should I really pray about it? The answer is yes, if it, even if it might seem silly or insignificant. God still wants to hear your prayers and desires to know what's on your heart. Absolutely. And, and I love the fact that there's no specific way to pray in the sense of like, you know, if it brings glory to God, God's going to hear it. Well, because we have the Lord's Prayer, and I feel like that is kind of a formula. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, for me growing up in a liturgical church, we said the Lord's Prayer every week. Yeah. But also, God desires, like, when we pray to Him, He doesn't just want, like, empty speeches or something that might sound nice on a street corner. God wants us to be in our homes and in that quiet, reflective time to take time to just be with Him and tell Him what's on our hearts and on our minds. And there's so many scriptures that back that up where God or Jesus actually says, you know what, do not speak like the Pharisees who use big words in public, um, but speak from the heart. Speak about what's really underneath your skin and what's really on your mind. Like God will listen to those prayers before he listens to the prayers of of. of the man who's just spouting off big words um, to sound impressive to other people. Well, and um, a lot of people, they they feel like, hey, I just don't know how to pray. And so I'll like my advice is to just talk to God like you would talk to a friend. Absolutely. And then through that, the Holy Spirit will then guide you into what to say, who to pray for, and how to pray. And there are times where we won't have words. Like if you're really going through something... The Holy Spirit says that sometimes he does work through like groans and utterances. So you might be so moved during your prayer time that you don't have words, but God still is able to connect with you in that time. And looking further into um, the freeing of the chains, look at your life. Look at where you are. Think of where you've been. What did you trust God in that you can now look at and go, because I trusted God with this, I'm in a different place, right? So Peter trusted the angel of God uh, with the chains. He said, okay, you're free. Come with me or follow me. Peter didn't even question that. He just goes, you know what? I'm going to put my trust in the fact that this is real and I'm going to walk. And later on, he was able to reflect and go, you know what? God did that. For me personally, it's our finances, right? We took a stance and we said when we're married, we're going to tithe. And when you're tithing off of very little and you don't have a whole lot in savings and you're barely making your bills, uh, but you're going, I'm going to tithe. And we made that choice together. We saw God fulfill that. We saw God work the math out to where all of our bills got paid. We had food in the fridge. And we were able to give money back to God. Well, I always tell people that we've never missed a bill and we've never missed a meal. And like, if that's what we have in life, that I will be contented and happy with that. Yeah. Um, and and I know that, you know, I, it took me a moment to really trust in that. But now again, I can look at it and go, you know what? I don't need to worry about the money. God will take care of that. I need to be a good steward with the money and take care of it in the sense of well we can't spend too much because we do need to save some or whatever but I'm not gonna worry about the bills and I think that's what Peter was able to do he was able to move forward because he was no longer worried about the past he was no longer chained to that truth and I think that happens to us as well we can no longer be chained to our past we've got to walk in the freedom God has given us. How, is there anything more you wanted to add? Um, 
I feel like so many people, even people who outwardly look successful, still have, like, they just struggle with their past because it's almost like there's, at least for me, I felt like there was literally an audio recording that was in my head of all the things that my ex, the jerk, had said that was like, hey, this is how I see you or feel about you. And I, I've literally had to just be like, okay, like I can't have that voice in my head anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but God wants us to move forward with our lives because he always has a plan for us. Even if in the moment we can't always see what it's going to be or how that's going to play out. Absolutely. Um, so let's go ahead and, and set it there. Let's go ahead and pray. Um, just oh, be sure to, um, for next week, we're going to be covering Acts chapter 13. So yeah. can you get that ready? Yeah, go ahead and get a, you know, read ahead of us a little bit. That's completely, that's fine. Um, if you have prayer requests, if you have uh, comments, concerns, or again, you just need someone to talk to, hit us up at beautifulfeetentertainment.com. Or you can hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at Beautiful Feet Entertainment. And uh, yeah, let me go ahead and just end this in prayer and uh, we'll move from there. Father God, we thank you um, for what you're doing in our lives, for the freedom that you offer us, for the fact that we do not need to be chained to our past or our brokenness or our area of, of, of you know darkness that we were once part of. We are now free from that because you have sent your son to die for us so that we can be freed from that, Father God. I want to pray for those who are listening. I want to pray for those who are at home who may be struggling with depression, who may be struggling with anxiety, or who may not feel like they fit in with the body of Christ. I pray, God, that you would be with them, that you would bless them and help them to know that you love them, that they do belong here, and that you do um, care for them deeply, and you did die for them. I pray, God, that if we have been freed from anything that we were chained to, we would no longer look back on that, but we would walk in freedom and in victory, knowing, God, that when we follow you, there is victory in your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys for listening. Um, again, if you have comments, concerns, please find us on social media at beautifulfeetentertainment.com. Um, and have a great Thank you for listening to the Beautiful Feet Podcast, a partnership of beautifulfeetentertainment.com. Please feel free to follow us on social media at beautifulfeetentertainment. Please visit beautifulfeetentertainment.com. And do not forget to like, share, and subscribe.